Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's up, Ify Nation and Fernies? Welcome to another episode of Nerd Ificent. We are here, and today we're talking about... I, I kind of teased it out last week, and there are a lot of people hyped for Transformers. And this was one of the fun ones where we I, we scraped it up, just a little BTS. We had, like, a gap between when our research for the next episodes are up. And I was like, let me try and tackle, you know, Transformers. I can research that and... Man, uh, there's a lot of Transformers. There's so much Transformers, but we'll get into that. I'm Ify Wadiway, and sitting across from me is... Danny Fernandez. Yeah, yeah I like that you added Ify Nation and Fernies. Yeah, Fernies yeah. was something that I jokingly started to do. If you it don't follow works. me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram because I make the dumbest videos called Rumor Control, which Ify has been in and several other people have been in uh, where I just I refer to everyone as Fernies and then tackle a really dumb rumor uh, but it stuck. It yeah. stuck. I like Fernie's. I'm, um, I'm all behind it. If he Transformers is something that I kind of didn't really grow up with as much and actually really enjoyed the film with Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Well, it's, <laughs> what's crazy is... I really oh, liked... I was in high school. Yeah, and a lot I was, of people it was liked like it, was like such though. a big deal in high school. Like, everyone... I think it came out in the summertime. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. And so I just remember in Megan Fox, and it was like hot in these cars and like... Oh, yeah. Well, you it know, was a banger because it came out July yeah. 3rd, which is yeah. July 4th oh, weekend. Yeah. And no, people liked it. I was the only one who didn't like it. And we will be able to chronicle... Like, it's crazy because doing the research for this... I chronologically see why I hated it so much. And we'll get into that. And everything made sense. Everything I found out made everything make so much sense to me because it just truly just my weeb heart was always there. But it's funny because we touched on Transformers a little bit on our G.I. Joe episode. Oh, right, right, And what's cool about it is the reason, because we always know that Hasbro and G.I. Joe, they've kind of been hand in hand because they're under the same brand, but... What's crazy is it's because they 
kind of have always been together because uh, in 1974, the Takara Company Limited launched the Microman in Japan. And this was the mold that Hasbro licensed to make G.I. Joes. They were these very articulate kind of humanoid figures. And eventually they did a spinoff called Diaclone, which were like Micromen, but they turned into everyday objects. Oh, these are so cool. I was going to say I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. So like to give people a visual, they they do kind of look like more slender Transformers mm-hmm. um, with like these chrome alien looking heads Yeah. Uh, as far as Micromen. Yeah. And actually the people who designed the Diaclone went on to be the designers for Macross, the anime that had the mechs that turned into uh, fighter jets and was super cool. And But yeah, it's, it's crazy because it goes hand in hand. And I want, I'm going to touch on this because a good friend of ours, Rocom, touched on it. He was like, oh, man, I want to be in the Transformers episode. But we mentioned molds, and molds are very, very important. I've gotten more into toys, so my just to say Wait, this, I thought you called them action figures. Well, You these, corrected me. Yeah, I, they are action figures, but these I'm talking about toys, vinyl toys. Okay. And, they, and there's a whole huge community about it. And you know how they'll sell the blanks of the toys? Mm-hmm. Some You have to be in to paint them like no regular joe off the street can really paint the the toys and sell them because then you'll then the creator of the blank will be like whoa you're painting over like i made it blank on uh purpose yeah and this is all stuff that we're gonna get into vinyl toy and all that that's when we're bringing you on rocom you and kwang because they that's what they do rocom just launched a toy which he just uh, premiered the one that i got the one off because i support the kickstarter support your friends kickstarter i love it uh but Back to the Diaclone. <laughs> Hasbro bought the molds uh, from Takara, and then from there, they were able to create G.I. Joe, and with the hit, they went and grabbed the Diaclones to make the Transformers. And what was cool was, just like G.I. Joe, they wanted to hire people to make the background stories of oh, these yeah. toys. Right. And in 1984, around that time, uh, Jim Shooter, who was Marvel's ninth editor-in-chief, uh, and that's a whole lot of drama, which I was reading, then I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to do an episode on this. He was a controversial editor-in-chief because he was such a hard-ass. That's all. I'm, <laughs> that's the only way I know how to say it. He was a hard-ass, and he had like very strict rules, and, he, and creators felt like he was... He was kind of cramping their style. But he wasn't around when they was, okay, because remember our Image Comics episode mm-hmm. when all those uh, artists pieced out. Oh, yeah. Was he after them? He was gone by then, but I'm sure. Oh, he so might've... he probably contributed to that feeling oh, yeah. there. Okay. Because he, after that, went on to make Valiant Comics. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and so it was between Jim Shooter and Dennis O'Neill who wrote Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And they were hired by Hasbro to create like the backstories for all the Transformers. As a matter of fact, Dennis O'Neill is the one who made the name Optimus Prime. That was him. But the rest were by Bob Budansky, who came on board and basically created most of the Transformers characters and went on to write the comics for Marvel, which was crazy because the first run of Transformers uh, comics were Marvel canon. Like, they went to the Strange Lands. Nick Mm -hmm. Fury got involved. That was wild. Uh, (laughs) Does that mean that they could show up again? I hope so. You know, now that everything's all coming together, we got, like, our X-Men, Fox and Disney merged. Like, you know, they just need Transformers in there. That's when we'll know the MCU has jumped the shark when it's, like, Infinity War and then, like, Optimus Prime saves the day. Um, Because, you know, like, I always said, that poster, that Marvel poster could not get more packed. 
fact, they didn't even have my man Hawkeye on there oh, because man. they were like, it's, it's too much. We can yeah. only have the top 10. Yeah, no, it was it was great and it was wild. And I love that that is a piece that technically the Transformers are Marvel canon. Wait, before we move on, though, so the, the Transformers, you're saying, were essentially just like G.I. Joe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They brought these guys on so that they could create a story so they would sell the toys? Yeah, exactly. Just okay. to drive home what you're saying, yes. This is another thing that people love that was only created <laughs> to sell toys. Okay, Which, okay. But it's cool. What's cool about Transformers is as it grows, there is a nice canon that builds around it. But in the end, I think that is important to understand that these things that people have ownership and attack other people are, are these stories that were created to They're sell not art. toys. I mean, it like, turned like, into I art. I mean, it, it turned into art. Into but it some didn't people. start that yeah. way necessarily. Exactly. So can't put, put your laser gats down <laughs> and stop attacking people just trying to make this thing that was once created just to sell toys good for another generation. I feel like this is something we're going to touch on a lot because every day it feels like there's another story that's about that. But we're going to jump to the TV series because the TV series is also cool. Mm -hmm. Everything's so cool. We'll get to this. But I came in during Beast Wars and I was a huge Transformers boy. You'll And we'll get to this and that's why I didn't like the first movie. This reignite, this doing the research for this reignited my all spark. And I am now <laughs> no, hyped God. about Transformers again. I am... So back on board. And that's why I like this podcast is is the fun thing about revisiting I know, the yeah. things that we used to really be into and maybe not so much and finding new things. Like I've been, I've still been watching all of Twilight Zone from the first oh, one. Oh, Iffy, I'm and so excited. Yeah, it's been fun just dumping into all these different fun things. Okay, I'm going to go and watch, because I think the nice thing about you and I is we complement each other. So yeah. like, whereas Twilight Zone, I'm like, this is my bread and butter. I could talk about this all day. And then you, like went and started watching it and so now this is your bread and butter like oh, you yeah. know way more about Transformers than I do and now I can go home and start watching it yeah you can skip this you can okay. you okay. can really <laughs> jump all the way to the IDW comics wait what about you don't want me to watch Beast Wars oh Beast Wars you can get in there but watch like one or two episodes I'm sure it doesn't hold up this okay. was younger <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Okay. So in September 17th of 1984, the first episode of Transformers, uh, the TV series, airs, and it's produced by Sunbow and Marvel Productions. I wanted to take a second to look at the three top credited writers uh, on IMDb because, uh, and by top credit, they just have the most episodes under the belt because it's funny when we visit these properties, like when we did the Nickelodeon and we found that Neil Brennan was oh, on yeah. all mm -hmm. that. These guys. Ended up doing a lot of things we did. So David Wise, who wrote 15 episodes, uh, he went on to write for Batman the Animated Series, Wildcats, and the Mighty Ducks Animated Series, which was so dope. I feel like it didn't oh, get yeah. its just due. They gave out the pucks at McDonald's. I, I, <laughs> ooh, I wanted, Here's the thing. My parents never let me get into roller hockey because, you know, oh, there's no roller hockey links in Compton. Who cares? We should have found it. We should have drove <laughs> to the Orange County to get who would have known. I could have been the new uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, or, or whoever that. I don't know like, if that tr translates the same, but <laughs> <laughs> ice hockey and roller hockey. But, you know, kind of. Uh, and then the next up is Donald F. Glutt, who uh, he wrote 12 episodes, and he went on to write DuckTales and X-Men. And then Booth, who was the third, but in my heart, he knocked it out the park. He went on, uh, Doug Booth went on to write Mighty Max, which, oh man, I got another angry at my parents story for that. So when I went to, you remember Mighty Max? You might, I'll... 
Mighty Max was the boy branded toy for Polly Pocket. So little girls oh, had Polly yes! Pocket and the little boys yes! got Mighty Max. Yes, my brothers, yes. yes, 100%. And so I had a Mighty Max uh, and I brought it to my dad at Toys R Us and he was like, okay, we will get this for you. And he, uh, and he, we went to the, the cash register. He got all the things he got. And then I went through the bag because I was excited to play with it and I couldn't find it. And we walked down. I was like, dad, dad, she, for, she forgot to put in the Mighty Max. He was like, oh, it's okay. And it's like, so what? he did the, yeah, he did the old parent switcheroo where he took it to the register. Uh, and this is why I have trust issues. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Mighty Max. And then my fave, I think I might've touched on this on TMNT, but Street Sharks, baby. He wrote on Street Sharks. Don't at me. I feel as like, good as the Ninja Turtles. Do you feel like Street Sharks is why you are into such like the weightlifting buff? Oh yeah, life. Oh, I, I definitely buff like everything. It's funny because I find like Street Sharks, Rocket Power, and all this stuff is made for California little boys, <laughs> which I was. So I was all about, I was like, oh, they rollerblade, don't skateboard. Oh, they they like burgers. <laughs> Meanwhile, me, I'm very like sexually confused because it's like, why does this shark have pecs? <laughs> like this shark should not have a 12 pack. Also uh, shout Danny out. Danny <laughs> is very confused. <laughs> Big shout out to Street Sharks because they did have representation because they brought mm-hmm. in the black character and he was an orca, which is the blackest fish. As a matter of fact, they named a movie Blackfish about orcas and i was like i get it and i'm here for it have you ever seen street shark cosplay like i need to see that i'm gonna google it while you oh my gosh if you find it keep it away from me let's do it i want to do oh there is (laughs) okay i'm gonna tweet out this photo uh once this episode drops but then he also did the spider-man animated series which was oh no i'm sorry look at this Oh no! That See, so that's why. Uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it is way too sexy. Okay, I'm gonna be tweet the promo this one. For the Meg. It should be. It is a very sexy ass shark, and yeah. oh, his navel too. Okay, well, okay, let's move on. And then I'm he sorry. also did the '91 uh, GI Joe reboot. But basically, in the TV series, the Autobots are looking for new energy sources, and they end up crash landing as the Decepticons attacked. And then. Uh, Basically, Marvel interpreted the Autobots as destroying a rogue asteroid approaching Cybertron and Shockwave loyal to the Megatron in the TV series and keeping Cybertron in a stalemate during his absence. But in the comic books, he attempts to take command of the Decepticons. The TV series would also differ widely. Basically, yeah, the TV series was a hit. I mean, it came out, it dropped in 1984, September 1984, and then by August 8th, two years later, in 1986... Transformers the movie hits theater and it's written by Ron Friedman directed by Nielsen Shin and yeah this one was wild because we talked about this in G.I. Joe because this is the reason that they don't kill off Duke because Optimus Prime gets bodied in this within like the Uh first act it's not like at the end he's like oh it's cool they body him in the movie just moves on without him. Wait, yeah. wait, didn't it not do so well? Because wasn't that, yeah. and didn't we say that like that affected G. I., their G.I. Joe property in the movie? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Let me, I'll get the exact. Dan, our producer, is saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, he it, had to listen to our episode multiple times and edit it. it so. All our episodes multiple times. Can I just say before we move on that <laughs> I created a chronic illness group. I don't know if everyone knows about me, but I have an autoimmune disorder. And so we did a walk to raise money and we called ourselves the autoimmune bots. Oh my gosh. That is 
Hilarious, and I love it. Little known Fernie fact. Yeah, and just to confirm what you said earlier, you were right. The budget was six million, Holy and it crap. made five point eight million. Oh, it didn't yeah. even make its money back. So yeah. yeah, it was a huge flop. It made kids very sad, <laughs> and uh, I think that's why uh, it pieced out for a bit. But the soundtrack was banging. Okay, we got my man uh, Stan Bush coming with "You Got the Touch." You got the power. Once you hear it, you'll never stop hearing it. And also they threw weird Al Yankovic's uh, Dare to be Stupid on it, which, <laughs> just, which I'm like, all right, I'm down for any soundtrack. So at least we got that. But this period that we're talking about right now has been coined by fans and creators alike as Generation 1 of the Transformers. And Generation 2 begins from 1993 till about 1995. And it started off, the, the toys during Generation 2 started off as a, pretty much a reissue of the Generation 1 toys, but just with new color schemes. But then September 16, 1996 happens, and Beast Wars premieres. Now, little known fact, this is the Transformers I knew. This was my first experience with Transformers were the Beast Wars. So mm -hmm. I so I actually started with Beast Wars and had to like learn about the Transformers later and figure out what they had to do, but the series featured uh they didn't have auto Autobots and Decepticons, they had the Maximals and Predacons. Ooh. Yeah, descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons. And this is this is where the funniness of a story created to sell toys versus like, you know, comic book creators and future creators making legitimate stories and having to retcon because uh, it was apparently it was set in the future of the original Transformers continuity, but then eventually it was revealed that they had traveled back in time before the series began and were actually on prehistoric Earth, and that's why they turned into dinosaurs. I feel like that does make sense because mm. they, the same way Transformers came to Earth and picked cars to turn into the Beast Wars did the same with animals, and they were all prehistoric, so for it to be set in the future would have been weird. Or it could have been that, what was it, the, the time traveler when the future goes so far in the future and then it uh -huh. turns prehistoric again? That has stuck with me for my whole life. So do you remember what you watched it on? Like, was this oh, a Saturday? Fox Kids. Fox, Ki yeah. uh, Fox Kids. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, and Fox Kids kind of had the lock on the Transformers brand for a bit because in September 8th of 2001, the Transformers Robots in Disguise launches, which was basically a Transformers anime. So this, after Beast Wars, Transformers has been anime, and I think that has been a slept-on fact by mostly me, uh, because <laughs> from so this was a series that was produced in Japan and came out and was dubbed out here. It started in 2001 and it ran for 39 episodes on Fox Kids, and outside of the page because all during this time, you know, the Transformers comics was kind of just stagnant after kind of living with Marvel. In December of 2001, Dreamwave Productions ended up acquiring the Transformers licensing. And then they created their own universe, adapting and borrowed a lot of things and also added some stuff. Like they, they had like a whole bit of all Transformers not believing in the existence of Primus, which was actually on uh, Transformers Generation 1, number 5, Original Sin, which was uh, released in May 2004. And... Uh, the corruption in Cybertronian government that was first led by Megatron to begin the war was dropped in Transformers Generation 1, number 10, 2004, uh, the root of all evil. 
So if you didn't think this podcast was nerdy enough, now we're quoting uh, actual This is so weird to me because, like I said, I, I remember it vaguely, but I didn't really grow up with it too much and I'm I while you were talking I was looking up like what else was on Fox Kids at that time mm-hmm. and it was all things that I watched yeah. it was Batman animated series Bobby's World which I was addicted to oh, Eek Bobby's the Cat Goosebumps which I read and watched mm-hmm. um, and owned some of the VHS tapes uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Tick like where where on earth is Carmen Sandiego <laughs> um and uh, I didn't know that was different than where. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh. So I am. Uh. I'm confused if during that hour that it that it aired, my parents like turned off the TV. <laughs> They're like, go outside. Go outside. Well, it also had that like weird CG animation. You probably were like, ugh. <laughs> like, Maybe. It wasn't animated. Beast Wars was the was CG animated and. I I looked at some episodes recently and it woof that CG doesn't hold up. It oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I definitely turned this yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, and it looked uh, about as good oh, as reboot. Oh wow. Okay. Even reboot was reboot. a smash. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely the same. And I did watch reboot. I loved reboot. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Beast Wars was. Oh, I see rough. what you mean. Yeah. Okay, the animation. Wow. Is do people really enjoy? This? Yeah. Also, I remember I had the Beast Wars toys that would combine into one big Transformers. And I remember how just kind of uh, like gross and macabre it would look because it was like this machine animal like yeah. meshed together to make this mega machine animal. And I think he had like a rhino. It was. It, OK, I, actually, now that I'm looking up some of the characters, I do 100 percent remember. Oh, yeah. This. But it was um, like a flash in the pan, really. But this was the start of like, I feel like the basis of for lack of a better way of describing it and in risk of infuriating some of the OG fans, the good Transformer arcs because Dreamwave started off and then we had a new show. But we'll talk about all that after the break. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. And welcome back, everyone. All right, just up top, uh, 
So Danny had something important to run off and do. So I went to the Dan archives and got another Dan, uh, Dan Goodman. <laughs> I like that. The uh, Dan yeah, yeah. archives. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, who you may not have heard yet. I mean, I think you might have said a thing or two maybe, in past Maybe a apps. pinch of my voice. I yeah. do try to keep it uh, very, very edited out. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but he is the editor and producer of Nerdificent. And he's popping in for a bit. If it is a pleasure to be here, thank you for having me. No, thank you for doing it. You know, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's, it's good to have someone who can step up when I am late yet again, pushing into people's other schedules. And uh, <laughs> hey, it is it is no problem at all. Yeah. I happen to love Transformers, Ooh, so so I'm always happy to be in the room. Oh yeah, yeah. You are already <laughs> you know piping in with a few hot takes. Oh yeah. Uh, do, do you want to give people a quick rundown of who you are and what you do outside sure. of what I just said? Sure. Hello, everybody. My name is Dan, Dan Goodman. I am the uh, producer and editor of Nerdificent. I also edit a lot of the shows on the How Stuff Works Network, so you probably heard my handiwork on some of the other shows. I'm a longtime nerd. My specialties are definitely in the video game department. Um, you may call me Mr. Steel, your Ariel. If you catch me in the Rocket League fields, I will take you down. Um, but then other than that, I am uh, proud to be part of the network, proud to be part of the show, and uh, happy to add my own voice on nerdy stuff whenever it is needed. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, we when we left off, we just touched on the Robots in Disguise franchise, uh, which was the anime. that the classic. Yeah. That was in 2001, and Dreamwave picking it up in 2001 as well. You know, real quick embarrassing story just Ooh, on that phrase. Of course. The first time I heard, and this is this is a, this attributes to my classic mishearing of lyrics throughout my entire life. But when I heard "Robots in Disguise" for the first time, I thought there were I thought it was "Robots in Disguise," <laughs> like flying robots. I was like, "Yeah, some of them are planes. The robots yeah. in disguise." You know oh, what I mean? Man. Robots in disguise. Oh. I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty word word for now sure." I want to see that fan art. Transformers, <laughs> robots in disguise. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember that game Crossfire? Oh, yeah. Crossfire! Cro yeah, the, the song goes, you'll get caught up in the crossfire. Yeah. I thought it was, you'll get caught up in love. Because <laughs> you love the game so much. You'll get caught up in love, crossfire. <laughs> anyway, mishearing lyrics. Oh, man. My specialty. Yeah, that's that's fun <laughs> when you find out that you've been hearing it wrong. Like, oh, yeah. It's a classic, fun, uh, embarrassing. It's a, it's a good, healthy helping of the two. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So you got the Dreamwave up in Canada. They're a Canadian comic publisher making these dope Transformers comics. But then in August 23rd of 2002, Transformers Armada airs on Cartoon Network's Toonami. Mm. It was developed in Japan, but it launched in U.S. first. So here's the f crazy thing. Once again, because I remember watching Armada and thinking that, oh, it does feel like an anime. But when I was watching it at the time, you know, we... This is the time, too, when, you know, anime has officially blown up in the U.S. And there is, you know, a lot of American cartoons are taking that style. And so, like, this was an anime, but I didn't even realize it because it was dubbed. But, I mean, the style was there. But it, it goes back to that, you know, argument we keep talking about, like, what makes a quote-unquote anime a quote-unquote right. anime? Right. Because for all intents and purposes, this what we traditionally assume is an anime is what it is produced for, you know, um, uh, produced using a shared property that exists in America. Right. I feel like I'm going to go back and watch it and feel like an idiot. I feel like <laughs> it's going to be very obvious that it's anime, but it actually aired in the U S before Japan. And, uh, 
that was and led to a lot of goofiness because they rushed the production schedule because they had to dub it because yeah. they wanted it to air in the US. Mm-hmm. So this led to a few to, silly dubs. Oh yeah, <laughs> mad silly dubs. Uh you had Sure Shock repeatedly being called Grindor, uh, <laughs> Hot Word. Shot being called Hot Rod. Optimus Word. Minicon partner Sparkplug being called Leader One. Uh, I love that. That almost is, feels like yeah. the, uh, the dubbing agent just forgot to do that one part. He was yeah. looking at his whole list and he was like, all right, got Hot rot, uh, hot Shot, whatever, close enough. And then what was his other one? We'll stick with Leader One. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. It's like, yeah, Leader One, um, Leader Two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We done with this list yet? <laughs> but yeah, so but the about this series in itself, it actually started a new continuity. So we're no longer talking about robots in disguise, and robots in disguise wasn't talking about Generation One at all. So we we created this new continuity, but it doesn't stop at this series. This series is actually finally one that gets a sequel in the series. The war rages on between Autobots and Decepticons, as in with all Transformers stories. As and, you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're seeking power over a race of uh, smaller power-enhancing Transformers called Minicons. Seeking to flee the conflict that surrounds them, the Minicons escape Cybertron with the aid of Autobots, but an attack by the Decepticons crippled the ship as it flees through a space bridge. The ship materializes in the solar system and impacts with the moon on Earth, breaking it in two... Uh, or breaking in two. One portion of the ship stays embedded on the moon while the other plummets to the planet below, and the minicons, all locked in the pentagonal stasis panels, are scattered across the globe. This seems like a very common plot device at this time of like... Absolutely. The thing we need to get has been scattered everywhere. Scattered to the wind. And we have to find it. That was the Jackie Chan Adventures. Yep. That was... uh, (laughs) What else? You know, you remember so many Power Rangers episodes. Yeah. Like, oh, this like, is over here, and this is over yeah, here. Yeah, we have to go. It's it, it's like the what ended up being the blueprint of design of mm-hmm. MMO Quest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to go go talk to Mister McKinsley, yeah. and then after that, you're gonna talk to. So that is basically the story of this show. We have these mini cons, and it, that goes until about January 31st, 2004, when Armada's sequel Transformers Energon premieres. Hmm. In the series, the Transformers' primary gimmicks are Autobots' ability to combine with partners of the same size, and Decepticons' ability to use powered-up forms, and the addition of Energon weapons and stars that can be placed in any Transformers. And Minicons from the previous line are still present, but all Minicon pegs are dead, and they do not activate a function on the toy. Uh, So... Making those toys obsolete, so we're getting uh, know, timed obsolescence even in toys at this point. You thought it was only Apple, but no. No. Transformers has been doing it for <laughs> years. Yeah, so then 10 years after the war for Minicons and uh, the apparent destruction of Unicron and the mysterious Alpha Q, which stands for Quintesson, operating out of the husk of the Planet Eater's body, releases energy-eating Terracons to attack the Autobot Cybertron cities in the solar system. And uh, gathering Energon for Alpha Q's plan. And it, and it just goes on and on and on like that. Uh, I like it. I think that, the, you know, what Transformers did so well was really try and build out each one of their universes to not simply say, yep, there's robots here. Let's do it. It's really let's give let's give this a full story, even if it changes, even if it adjusts. It's deep. And I know it's kind of based on the idea of how many more toys can we make? Yeah. But... 
doing so creates so much more depth and potential for lore and fan fiction, stuff like that. I think it's ultimately a positive move. Oh, yeah. No, it was super great. And what was cool and when we will eventually get to the Michael Bay movies is I actually really enjoyed the design of the Transformers during oh, this time. Yes. Like, they were so cool. They were oh, like yes. chunky, strong. They were basically dope mechs. Absolutely. Transforming mechs. And I was all in on it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't following it religiously. This is 2004. I'm in high school, yeah. um, deep into RuneScape at this point. There you, uh, go. you know, farming, uh, finessing uh, members. Gold, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I finessed a member's uh, pass from my dad somehow. I convinced him. I still, to this day, okay. don't know how I convinced him to give me $5 a month for this member's Hit pass. The finesse. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so I wasn't really following it, but I did keep up with the art around it. I, at this time, I also was a part of a art forum called Polycarbon BBS. So it, it was started by this guy called Pat Shettlesworth, uh, who at the time was this uh, artist who you know worked in the worked in. He was a professional artist, but he created all these tutorials online. And now he's actually an art director and a concept artist for the game industry. And he's actually worked for some pretty dope games at this point. Nice, nice. I was, yeah, I checked in on him a few days ago. And he, he was, let's see, he did the uh, 9732 Blade Runner VR experience. He was working on oh, the, what? He, he was working on a Quantum Break. That was the thing I saw, Quantum oh, Break. Word? So, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely still thriving. But he... What was dope is he made all these uh, tutorials on the site Polycarbon that kind of showed you how to draw. And then on the boards, you can kind of communicate with other artists and allow them to kind of critique your work so you can get better. It was really cool. I That's mean, awesome. It's It was a system that is now obsolete because of sites like, you know, DA, Tumblr, yeah. and so on and so forth. Right. But at the time, it was revolutionary, and they had these things, and that's this is why I totally signed up. They had fight clubs, and what they would do what? is you and a whole bunch of artists would team up, create a premise of your story, and create characters, and you would draw comics of them fighting. Oh. And you would make these comics, and this was when I was really into art. I was that's still trying so to be an cool. artist, and I was scanning these pieces up and it really did make me a better artist as I was making art for this thing because you're practicing and someone might say this one and you were basically just RPing and drawing at the same time. It was amazing. It's, you know, I still go to the dead forums every now and then to see if anyone's still kicking around Mm -hmm. and every now and then there's still that one, like anyone's still here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, yeah, that's so, how I feel about the the Newgrounds bulletin board system. Oh, yeah. I, used, I used to troll those way too much. Oh man, back when the old Flash animation days, I'd mm-hmm. be like, "How is this one?" Like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I had a short stint in Newgrounds when I got a what was it? Yeah, um, what I think it was just called Flash Animator or something like that. It was um, I have no idea. I can't remember. Yeah, I but, I, but I used to, look to do it, that stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah, we spent a lot of time looking for it. We both <laughs> cannot remember. If you remember 2000-esque or early aught-esque Flash Maker programs, please tweet them at yeah, us and we will let you know us. if that's the one I was using. But Hashtag yeah, I remember uh, I, tra- flash. I made a, a trailer for this Flash animated Fight Club sequel I was okay. going to make. Nice. And it was very bad. I think like literally like I tried to – I tried to like – 
work around the fact that I was bad at doing the art for it. And like there was like Same. it was a black screen, then a small red dot, and then smoke comes up. Ooh. And then like it was the text of like <laughs> uh, and something that he Tyler Didn't Durden would me, say. Kid. Yeah, like something <laughs> like oh, that. Right. Oh, and then it was Tyler like this whole like blocky like people fighting. And I remember the only comment, and I wish I can go back and find it because you'll see you'll see why I want to go back and shove it in this person's face. It was something like you're not going anywhere. But. No. Uh they were like, if you read the book, you would understand that there can't be a sequel to Fight Club. There's nowhere there'd be a sequel. <sighs> Bro. If you know anything, there is a sequel for, to Fight Club that Chuck Palahniuk wrote, wrote himself. And, yeah, <laughs> and it was, a, it, but they made it a graphic novel. I love of, that. And I want to be yeah, like, I want to be like, remember me from almost a decade exactly. ago? You just got to pull that back up, yeah. dig in, take that screenshot, and just find him. Go to his house and stick him <laughs> on his wall. I know. That, that's the thing is all my like old school accounts. Uh, are gone like my Zanga, like they Zanga. Honestly, I'm my... thankful. Yeah, I I don't need to yeah, see my old MySpace. I, I don't want to get James gunned down. I don't want to see what my old top eight was. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I remember I put Tila Tequila in my top eight. Nice. I she, it would make her put. Her... There you go. Yeah. No. Yeah. It definitely didn't. Ooh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Really is. <laughs> so after. Energon premieres, uh, there is a sequel. But before the sequel, in January 2005, Dreamwave production went bankrupt. But then, in May of that same year, IDW picks up the license of Transformers and continues to drop dope comics until this day. That's that's what I was telling Danny to jump to. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into Transformers, if you love Transformers and you're like, ah, it might not hold up or ah, I mean, you can always go back and watch Transformers the movie. That's just one of those nostalgia things that if you, if you want to have a good existed cry. in the time, yeah. you'll love it. Um, maybe not so much to anyone else. But the IDW comics are so solid, and they're still going on. As a matter of fact, they plan on relaunching next year. So you can kind of get this first run. It's it's exciting. I also like to think that you know comic books in general have such a better shelf life than TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. Animation can really look stilted and old. And, oh, yeah. And, but you know, comics still have this preservation of the time. It's almost kind of like I make this comparison with hip hop and electronic music. Like, oh yeah, o- o- old electronic music sounds bad, but yeah. classic hip hop is always going to be classic hip hop because you connect with it in a different way. It oh, reminds yeah. you of a time more than you just being like, "Oh yeah, this was music that I was to when I was a kid" or something like that. Like comic books are a very similar way. Each time you go back to them, you have that recurring feeling of like, "I remember exactly where I was when I read this for the yes. first time." And so, doesn't have as much of that technological barrier as going back and watching an old cartoon does. In my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's super right on. So then, while this is all happening, Mm. IDW's building the brand. September 19th of 2005, Transformers Energon launches. Now, this is also still a part of the same kind of universe, except in Japan. In Japan, it's aired as a separate, rebooted Transformers series. But in North America, the English dub was presented as a sequel to the previous two series, Transformers Armada and Energon, and scenes were added that linked elements of the Armada and Energon stories to the show, and using additional dialogue and reused animation to link the series together. And this is very important because this was for all intents and purposes, my Transformers, even though I wasn't mm. super keeping up with the show. Like, if it was on, because it was popping on, like, Toonami and stuff, it, like, I would 
I would check it out, but it wasn't something I was religiously keeping up with. But I was like, yeah, this is the Transformers. This is this is good. I like it. It's great. It's super good. And and then uh, in July third of two thousand seven, Michael Bay premiered the Transformers movie. Oh boy! But we'll get into that after this break. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. And we're back to talk about Transformers, but more specifically, the Michael Bay Transformers. Now, I will say... A.K.A. Lens Flare, the movie. (laughs) I will say there are people who thoroughly enjoy this. Danny herself Mm -hmm. said she enjoyed this. I don't knock anyone who enjoyed this, but I'm so glad it shook out the way it did. One, I found out the reason I loved the Armada trilogy, all of those, was because it was anime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was a weeb. I loved it. I loved the design of it. Now, this is what we're coming off of. So I hear there's a Transformers movie being made. That's what I had in my head. I was super duper excited. Yeah. It had always been an animated series. And yes. So, so it kind of builds the expectation. When I saw this realistic version of Transformers that Michael Bay was trying to present, I was not having it. Also, this is 2007, Iffy. Yeah. This is a 19-year-old weeby <laughs> freshman in college. Freshman in community college, super opinionated, super nerdy. Deep in your thoughts. Deep in my thoughts. Mm. Child of the internet. <laughs> 100%. This point, still on 4chan. Oh, heavy. Sifting through B. Through all the <laughs> racism to, for the memes. Getting memes the memes. weren't even mainstream yet. <laughs> Still, this still started off faces. as making fun of myself to sounding like a super weird hipster internet <laughs> hipster. Hey, we're all going to look back on these times. We're going to be like, what was it like back in the 4chan oh, days? Man. We'll be like, oh, oh let me tell man, you what. Let me tell you. The 4chan days. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I took it as a personal slight. Like every in every way that those like... Star Wars fanboys have been taking offense to 
to the new Star Wars. Like, this was me for Transformers. Now, remember, I wasn't even that into, like, I wasn't following this religiously. This wasn't my jam. IDW comics were out. I wasn't even reading those. I just knew it as something that I grew up with. It was a thing I liked. And now this person's going to try and make it. And I think that's why, in a weird way, I understand exactly how wrong a lot of these like star wars fanboys are where it's like you know but i was mad i still to this day haven't seen the transformers movie at all at all wow i still to this day i told myself i'm not gonna see it i'm not gonna see it and then it just got to the point where i just didn't care to see it i respect (laughs) that you know and and i've only saw and i only saw the only transformers movie i saw was I, I forgot what movie I was watching, but my sister wanted to go see this Transformers sequel, which came out in January twenty fourth of two thousand nine. We'll we'll go deeper into the sequels, but we're talking about still, me. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably still Shia LaBeouf era then too. Uh, oh yeah, this is still Shia LaBeouf pre pre Marky um, Mark. And he uh, and and my sister was watching it, and my movie got done, so I went to pop in. To I guess watch the tail end of this movie, mm-hmm. to wait for my sister, mm-hmm. being a good brother, thinking okay, I've hated Transformers. I it, it's probably not as bad as I'm making out it out to be. I walk in, the first thing I see are the two black robots. Everyone knows who I'm talking about when I say <sighs> yeah. the two black robots. Yeah, because they're the two black robots. <laughs> they are the Jar Jar Binks of the Transformers series. Not, and I was not, like, not a chill moment. I made the right decision. <laughs> I'm not seeing. I'm not movies. investing in this in this in this franchise. Yeah, that had to be uh, one of the worst decisions that they made for the. Oh man! Oh my gosh! That I I just remember being like, wow, this is exactly as bad as I remember it. Yeah, and, but a lot of times, you know, I often catch myself being like, how do these keep getting made? How do these keep getting made? But they keep getting made because they are widely successful. I mean, yeah. the the franchise as a whole, as a whole, the budget has been nine hundred and seventy two million, which sounds like a lot, but the budget as a whole has also made four point thirty eight billion. Yeah, that's dollars. Billion, not yeah. million. Yeah, billion dollars. Yeah. So we got the first Transformers, which had a budget of one hundred and fifty million, and they made seven hundred nine point seven million. Then we had the sequel, which had the budget of two hundred million, only to make eight hundred and sixty-three point three million. Yeah. The sequel made almost as much as the whole series has cost. Mm-hmm. I almost think that you know these movies kind of defined a particular genre film where it was like robot action. Oh yeah, and here's I, the thing: yeah. I'm all about it because I'm a huge Pacific Rim fanboy. I was I just about to bring that up. Love robots fighting monsters. For I'm all with it. Intensive, like every. I'm with it. I sh- Transformers was made for me. I'm a guy who would have watched it if I wasn't, you know, that edge lord in 2007. I'd be on this podcast talking about its praises. Yeah. Because let me tell you, if you've ever been to Universal Studios, they have a Transformers ride, which I initially avoided, of course, <laughs> because even though this is a new, positive, everything, love everything, iffy. Deep down inside, that edgelord is still tugging on some strings. Don't do it. You don't believe in this. But when I went on that ride, 
pretty lit. And I sat in. I believed in Transformers, the Michael Bay series. When I was rolling through that 4D experience, watching Bumblebee <laughs> and Megatron fight in front of my car. Actually go at it. I felt the heat of the flames. Love it. Felt the sparks. Yes. The crunch. Yes. The turns. Yes. High adrenaline. Yes. I believe it. Hell and every yeah. time I go to Universal Studios, I get on that ride because it's fun. It's amazing. It's yeah. real fun. It's too fun. Mm. It's <laughs> too fun. I needed to take a seat after the first one because my my heart was racing. Pumping. I feel that. And it's it, I I can't deny it. I like robots fighting, and I should like the series. I may go back and watch the original one. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe that's how I'll close the the chapter on that part of my yeah. life is watching Transformers. I think that there's definitely uh, a certain value to the movies, specifically yeah. in what you mentioned in what you experienced in the ride, in putting all of that stuff in an actually physical space. I think aside from issues with the movie like Shia LaBeouf in general, being kind of a goofball, maybe Megan yeah. Fox's performance where, you know, not the best. Yeah. Maybe some of the storylines about the robots themselves were kind of like, is this really where we're going with these guys right now? Yeah. Also making the robots bleed. There's all these little like aesthetic choices where it was like, I get that he's in pain. You don't have to create fake <laughs> yeah. robot blood for me to get that yeah. Bumblebee's not feeling it right now. <laughs> but I think for that entertainment purpose, they succeed. Well, that's what's funny is I feel like right now superheroes are filling that void. Yeah. And oh, yeah. But there was a time where a movie didn't have to be the perfect story. It didn't have to have. I agree with that. It just needed to have the heart and the energy, the adrenaline. It was like that. That was what a blockbuster movie was. It wasn't necessarily the best movie, but you had fun while watching it. An exciting thing happened. And now, and I don't think it's necessarily a good or bad thing. We're having that blockbuster experience kind of uh, supplemented with good stories based on these superhero lores that have existed and been refined for decades at this point that this that might be a thing that's gone i felt like there was a when the first pacific rim came out everyone there were people who hated it but for the most part a lot of people were like nah it was was robots fighting monsters that's what we wanted it was great i was down and then between that a whole bunch of Marvel movies came out yeah, doing exactly what I just talked about. Then we do the second Pacific Rim, and everyone's like, mm, the story could be better. And that's like a valid critique. Like By valid critique, I mean a critique that I understood and wasn't really able to argue against. Whereas when people hit me with that critique with Pacific Rim, my response was, what did you expect? <laughs> It was they gave a movie. you the story yeah, in the first in the, the first five to minutes. Me, the movie promised gave me everything that it promised, and it yeah. promised robots fighting monsters. Yeah. And you know what I got? <laughs> a boat being used as a bat. I got yes, a surprise sword. Yes, you did. A surprise sword, baby. Let's go. Now I, I gotta say, when I walked out of Pacific Rim for the first time, truthfully, that was my only complaint in the whole movie. <laughs> that I was like, time out. You're gonna save the sword for just the last fight? Like, I get it. I it's a what? it's a plot device. Maybe they just installed it and it was a new Jaeger kind of thing, but like you could have been slicing people up with that sword from day one. That every 
anime we've seen ever has prepared us for that moment exactly. because that could be the thing exactly. said about every anime exactly. it was like goku why didn't you try and go super instinct when you were fighting like vegeta or something you had to check you couldn't use the spirit bomb in like three other fights yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have spirit- exactly yeah. exactly no yeah. I'm, I'm i'm definitely i i'm i'm with you in that department yeah um but you know i, I think you're very right in that the marvel movies kind of took the place of the spectacle movie mm-hmm. and then we definitely have this kind of expectation oh yeah of these movies and it's interesting to me how certain movies kind of skirt that like i know we're not talking about movies like fast and the furious right yeah. now but i think they do something very well in that they almost throw it in your face how oh, yeah. unrealistic that movie oh, yeah. is they're constantly doing stuff where it's like hey look we're very purposefully avoiding reality right now and it does it to an extent that it almost makes it more enjoyable because it's like this movie is extra silly i Unironically love the Fast and Furious franchise. I am with you, and it and as the series evolved, I evolved with it. Hell yeah. I originally this the same weeby iffy that we were talking about in <laughs> mm-hmm. these early aughts was also because of course I was a weeb. Of course, I liked Initial D, yeah. so of course I wanted <laughs> to tune a car. So I was really in it. I was in the. There was these model cars called yep. modifiers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember them. They were made by the same company uh, that made Tech Deck. And what it was, it was it would be a bl- a, a you just base threw me stock all the way car. Back. Holy smokes! Yeah. Yes, a stock car, and then it would give you. Uh, aftermarket parts where you can tune the car you can add a body kit you can add um a, a cold air intake and i was deep into that i was so deep into that i was in the modifiers back to forums Yo. i was in the forums and i had a real popular thing and i wish i had it i don't have any record of it and it's the one thing i regret i created a magazine specifically for this form called mod mag oh. that was like an import tuner for these model cars, and then so I cool. interviewed people on the on the forum boards who for like, the magazine. Yeah, and oh, it was so cool. That's so I, cool. <laughs> I just wish I could go back and see, and I, I could like mean. it's stuff like that. That's like, oh, that's why I'm a TV writer now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know but, what you mean. But like, it's just so so cool. But like, taking that person, trying to pull in that tangent a bit. Pull it in. The initial Fast and Furious, which was about you know racing tuner cars, right. I'm in. And then as I grow and become a mega nerd and like robots fighting and big actioning movies, and it turns into like this huge heist movie. I mean, once The Rock got involved, that that whole series turned around. Like I know Tyrese I was agree. beefing with The Rock, but it's like, no, you gotta. I'm sorry, y'all got to take an L on that. The Rock did save this series and it make really it did. something so amazing. It really kind of gave the series a new life, and it gave it new direction, and it gave it. A voice like yeah. we know what it's the, what it is yeah and i can't wait for the spinoff and what they do next yeah i think it's gonna speaking be a of, of movies mm. the third one transformers dark of the moon so this is where transformers gets kind of confusing because i remember when dark of the moon came out and to me i thought it kind of came and went i thought no one cared about it i mean this is where things get kind of funny and where we start to answer that question like why do they keep making Transformers in this? Yeah. Like, because it's unstoppable. Yeah. Because on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 35%. So, yeah. um, not good. So, 35% of 246 surveyed critics gave a positive review, the average rating being 4.9 out of 10. Uh, the site's critical consensus reads its special effects and 3D shots are undeniably impressive but they aren't enough to fill up a loud bloating ruddy, bloated running time or mask its thin indifferent script 
So I I remember that. I remember the bad reviews. I remember it feeling like it came and went. What I don't remember is the fact that it cost $195 million to make, but made $1.124 billion. Okay, cool. I I missed, I thought you said $124 billion, oh, and yeah. I was about to be like, what? I know, why, what? why hasn't it broke records? 1.124 bill. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. 1.124 billion. And that's, and that's worldwide gross, yeah? Yeah. And I mean, so, yeah. So that's the thing. And so this is June 29th of 2011. And we're like, what is going on? But it's like, yep, it's making the money. Yeah. And then we get number four, Age of Extinction, Mm -hmm. which, uh, which that one ended up bringing in. uh, It cost two hundred ten million, and it brought in another one point one hundred and four billion. That's two (laughs) movies in a row that has brought in a billion dollars. That's ridiculous. That is the only, and this is the Marky Mark era. And yeah. That's why they keep making it. I guess I can't argue that. I knowing that, I can't argue it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like absolutely. yeah, keep making it. Now uh, the reception is it was the pretty much same thing. Like it had an eighteen <laughs> percent Rotten Tomato score, Aye. which is based on one hundred ninety seven reviews and an average rate of three point nine out of ten. But the billions don't lie. Yeah, no. The you know you can you, you can cry yourself to the bank. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, you know, what we find is that a lot of these numbers are kind of, they come from overseas numbers. We're yeah. obviously seeing a lot of theater participation in the States. Yeah. But a lot of overseas numbers just bump everything up because I think the rest of the world kind of gets it. Oh, yeah. When they're like, this is, look, I'm not coming to this movie for these Oscar winning, you know, performances or writing or something. I'm coming here to be entertained. Yeah. I'm, you know, Xing out the world. I'm eating my popcorn and I'm watching a movie. And I think that's why some of these movies succeed in so in such grandiose fashion yeah. around the world is because they are super well-done spectacles that a lot of people who just want to go have a spectacle are like, this is perfect. That's, Don't change a thing. That's so true because that's the one reason that Pacific Rim was successful. It flopped Boom. in the U.S. Yeah. overseas. But you're right. Because even if you can't speak English, you can understand robots beating the crap you out of You most certainly other. can. And so I – think that is great like absolutely if you're watching if you don't have too much of a hold on english and you're watching like inside lewin davis that's i can't think of a worse <laughs> moonlight exp- you're yeah. not gonna be able to yeah, quite understand just, the nuances yeah. of you know trying to grow up gay oh and my black gosh and, yeah yeah, yeah. That, that that yeah that, oh my gosh that's be a little so tough so this net last one that came and went was the last night that one, like, you know, I like I saw ads for it within a week of it releasing, and then mm-hmm. they disappeared. Yeah, you know, unsurprisingly, has the worst Rotten Tomato review, and has made the least out of all of the Transformers movies. Really? So, yeah, this technically is the first L, but that L being a two hundred and sixty million budget and a sixty four hundred million box office. So that's still a that that is still a success by any means. I mean, yeah, that's still that's still a lot of money right there. I mean, it also might explain why Michael Bay was like, you know what, let's take our foot off the series because yeah. like that, it was just starting to hit hit that plateau, and then it was just starting to creep over the edge. And then instead of you know pulling a Michael Jordan and yeah. taking one more season with the Wizards, yeah. they were like, I'm gonna take the win. Let's just I'm take the win we'll, because we'll, we'll, you we'll, end on a win. I mean, this is the worst. Oh, they're still winning. Four hundred yeah. million dollars is a win. It right is there. a huge win. That's <laughs> why it's so funny because it's like, yeah. It's like what four hundred billion dollars? Like yeah, but the last two made a billion. Yeah. So yeah. that's so when you compare, but at the end of the day, it, it yeah, 
I feel like one of the biggest things that might have uh, screwed this is the fact that the advertising wasn't there. I didn't see any advertising for the last night. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, there's going to be another uh, Transformers. Oh, man. And, and, but, you know, you're right. Michael Bay did pull the foot off the gas because the Bumblebee uh, spinoff slash prequel is going to be by someone. Bumblebee, I don't necessarily get because Bumblebee, (laughs) just just because you've seen most of them. Yep. You've seen the first one, which is the most important. From my experience, Bumblebee's first interaction with a human is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So, but this seems like Bumblebee's first interaction with a human. Yeah, they're they're re-upping the story. And it's a, the funny thing is you usually re-up a story like that when you want to retell a character arc. It's like how many times have we seen Peter Parker get raised and, you yeah. know, talked about Aunt May. And then uh, same thing with Batman. It's like the story of Batman has been told so many times yeah. because it is compelling. And Bumblebee doesn't really have a compelling birth story. He yeah. wasn't, there wasn't like some, you know, Megatron betrayal or anything like that, you know, not to disrespect the other Transformers, but he's a robot. And yeah. uh, he was introduced to us by being like, hey, that car's a robot. And that yeah. was pretty much it. That was pretty much our backstory with him. So whatever they try to fabricate or, or, you know, write as it were, is going to be a kind of like addition and kind of, you know, trying to add some sort of sympathetic backstory to a character that is. You know, yeah, for the entertainment. Also, I'm guessing it's going to end with him having his memory wiped, since we never hear about any of these yeah, events. Any of these ever. events, some sort of horrible thing will happen. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's wild, and you, that is a good point. Where it's like, yeah, some t- stories can be told over and over. Some don't necessarily have to, which mm-hmm. is why I'm super excited that Homecoming just started. Yeah. I was that was the biggest breath of fresh air. Great, fresh air. Huge Homecoming fan. Yeah, I loved it, and then that's what that's what I want for the next Superman, the next Batman. Like, let's just start. Yeah, just everyone start it. knows what, how they got their powers. They know. Let's just start it. No need to rehash the mm-hmm. same origin story. Goodness gracious! It's almost more fun when, you know, you kind of have to figure out what's going on. Oh yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, th- we're in it. That is Spider Man. Like, yeah. Oh, this is. Oh, oh. It's kind of like um. With uh, uh, Logan. Yeah. How it starts. And he's a drunk, passed out limo driver yeah. in the back of the truck. And they're messing up his thing. And he's like, all right, fine. And then he busts out the spikes. And you're like, oh, snap. Yeah. It's really, oh, okay. Yeah. Here we are. Oh. And I think if you want to add something organic and real, it's got to be like that. You have to pay, you have to, you know, base it on real human emotion and struggle and stuff like that. And I just don't. I don't see Bumblebee having that kind of, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that 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 strife, as yeah, it were. Unfortunately, mm, quite. Yeah, but that's that's the next step on the series. But you know, the best part of all this is you do get that IDW series that's still going, and it, it's still there. It's like they, I had so many friends gush about the mm. Transformers IDW series that I'm probably going to pick up a few trades. It's a bi-weekly schedule. Oh, yeah. It's been going on since October 2005 and has been going till this day. And it seems like they're going to wrap up this current story and relaunch. So mm-hmm. hearing this podcast is a nice alarm that you can, because whenever someone asks me when they should get into comics or when they should do, I always say, Start 
after a crossover event because usually they all the stories kind of reboot. Yeah. Um, that's the and and if I haven't said that on that pot on a, on the pod yet, <laughs> that is the best time to start any. If you want to get into Marvel, if you want to get into DC, uh, wait for a crossover event. If you want to know what a crossover event is. I think the easiest way to describe it to someone who doesn't read comics regularly is walk into the store, look at all of the titles. Do they have a subtitle on it? Is right. it like Batman Darkest Night, yeah. Superman Darkest Night? Yeah. Uh, then you'll see a comic called Darkest Night. Then that probably means that they're having a Darkest Night crossover. And you can even talk to the front desk person. And, and what's usually good, too, is uh, usually on the during the crossover events, they'll have the amount of comics that the crossover events will be. I'd say maybe even jump in during the crossover event. Yeah, why not? You know, check out what's going on. Also, that's going to help you because they're probably going to refer to the crossover event through the whole thing. And the reason it's called a crossover event is because normally most comics stay in their own lane. And during a crossover event, you'll have heroes being in other comics mm-hmm. and the events of the crossover events leaking over into other right. comics. Like right. Fear Itself, uh, you know, happened during the, uh, what was it called? The Most Dangerous Man Alive, which was when Black Panther T'Challa lost his Black Panther powers and was watching over Hell's Kitchen right Ooh. after the Shadowland event. Oh, and, uh, Daredevil kind of took a hike to go find himself. And so you had T'Challa watching over New York and doing street level crimes when That's T'Challa cool. is like, yeah, it's I a more world That's stage. Cool. It's real. I have them all. I can let you borrow. Oh, wow. Love it was that. great. The Fear Itself crossover I wasn't the happiest about because they put him up against Hatemonger, who is literally mm. just a dude who is in a pink KKK outfit with an H on his head. Oh, sick. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of whack, but in the end, like, <laughs> I kind of, grown to love the series because yeah. it got, it showed T'Challa in a new light and f- up against new situations kind of kind of uh, you know pressing him in the way of like okay I am used to handling thing on things on a grand stage I'm used to being you know a high status individual got and it. now he's kind of a low status as gotcha. he's working for yeah. a convenience store <laughs> in yeah. uh in New York as yep. a black person it's it's very fun. Love it. It's a it was a fun run. It was short, and then after that, Black Panther ceased to exist for a bit. Damn. <laughs> and but then it came then it came back, and there now we, it's going stronger than ever. Because here he, we are. Because that was the last Black Panther book, if I remember correctly, before the Tennessee Coates run. Gotcha. But I think the Tennessee Coates run kind of just starts its own kind of. I mean, it's still within the world, but it doesn't really reference anything that happens there. So you don't have to read it if you want to go read the Tennessee Coats run, which is also amazing. But what I'm trying to say, hmm. so if you're trying to get in the IDW Transformers, you can hop on the train very soon yeah, when they on. reboot it. Or you can just wrap up everything that has happened since October 2005 in mm-hmm. trades. Uh, very daunting, I will say. <laughs> But you, but uh, if I remember correctly from uh, the Image Comics episode, trades are the best way to fully dive into a comic. Oh yes, because it just technically a bit cheaper, mm-hmm. and it gets a lot of the 
like when, especially when you have to go through a lot of comics. Like yeah. I, I'm. It's like four or five in one book, right? Yeah. Nice. And I was behind on. That's how I got caught up on Walking Dead. I'm behind again, but I bought the Compendium, which was a hundred oh. issues oh, in one snap. thick book. That's awesome. And I burned through that, and so I nice. caught up a hundred issues nice. and was able to catch up to the issue at the time, which was pick up some. um, which was a major character being killed off, <laughs> and I was able to not to feel it just yeah. the same because I just didn't you jump really, into you it. You burned into it. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that's all the Transformers will talk about. Transformers is going to be around forever. I feel like, and I'm glad we got to cap off the Holy Trinity of like those three main properties that were created to sell toys, but now are just mainstays and have their own mm-hmm. strong lore. You have your Ninja Turtle, yeah. G.I. Joe and Transformers. Yep. The toy, the toy series, yeah. series. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, someone's gonna hit me up with the, some some extra toy. I mean, there's definitely some other toy stuff we need to hit Probably. on. But uh, we'll get to that. But these, I, I feel like, are like the holy trinity yeah. of toy series. Absolutely, I feel um, that. Do you have anything you want to plug, Dan? You know, uh, get to plug. Oh your my stuff. goodness! Yeah. Well, um, first I will plug for our awesome co-host, Miss Danny Fernandez. You can mm-hmm. find her on all the socials at Ms. Danny Fernandez. That's M S D A N I F E R N A N D E Z. Ms. Danny Fernandez, check her out. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DJ underscore Daniel if you want to hear my random video game hot takes, or if you want to hear about me occasionally stepping back into the world of electronic music. I get all my hot takes off there. Uh, but other than that, that's that's mostly what I do. Listen to all the podcasts. Listen to the Zeitgeist. Listen to Nerdificent. Couples Therapy's popping off right now. Culture Kings is amazing. Listen to the Bechdel cast. Listen to everything. Listen to Nerdificent. Mm-hmm. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, you're already doing that, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm Ify Wadiway on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Come check your boy out. Ifty's on Twitch. Lots of uh, lots of nerd fam coming through. Shout even out. even uh, even Dan has popped in on a few streams. Yeah, Ify is nasty. And he's hanging out on the Discord. We do nasty. have a Discord. I've mentioned it. I'll have to pin it sooner or later. But um, if if you can't find the tweet where I mentioned the Discord, hit your boy up or stop in on my stream, and then I'll blast the Discord out. We're having mm-hmm. lots of nerdificent discussions. We have Floof in there dropping many 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 many. Uh, Mini memes, <laughs> very mini many memes. memes. <laughs> Wish death on me. Um, Who knew we'd end with a fifty quid? Yeah, I know. Uh, I want to do so. A while ago, I was like, any of the nerd fam that comes through and smashes that sub button, I'll shout you out. Oh now, yes, that has been true. The re the thing that has happened is I've forgotten to write your names down, Uh-oh. and uh, so I don't necessarily have uh you know the people who have necessarily said nerd nerd fam so what i'm gonna do is i'm just going to read all of my subs (laughs) (laughs) i love it do you have them up right now or can i make one announcement in the meantime oh yeah make one announcement while i get so as well if you want to read the references from today's episode if you want to uh learn a little bit more about what we're talking about we have all of links to everything that we're talking about the footnotes if you will if i had miles here he'd be going Footnotes. 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 Uh, <laughs> we have all of our information in the footnotes of this episode in the description of the episode itself. So when you open up iTunes or whatever you're listening on, in the show description will be the footnotes. So look there for the links and everything else if you want to check all our information and whatnot. All right. So here comes some subs. I'm just going to read you all off. And, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get some of the nerd fans. Thank you and keep the subs going. Here's your shouts outs. Londell, Ben Left, 
Hannah B. Uh, <laughs> Hannah Bataki. Uh, yeah, I want to say Yama, but it's it might be Llama Armada. Uh, <laughs> Ice Kappa Drudge, Dapirine, Mister Addict, Skeet Sauce, Atomic Bomb, <laughs> Everyday Michelle. Can is it Nickel? Yeah, it's Nicole. We talked about it on the stream, and you are a nerd fam. Hey, good shouting you out, Nicole. Shout out, nerd fam. Uh, DJ Mikey Malone, Eisen First, Pod Diablo, Rodney Og, Transparent, Riley Liam, Max Mayer, your friend, Kusia, uh, I Rigger, Lord McRae, Ghost and Coffee, Kasim Boo Boo, Giant Nine, Salty Cookies, uh, Heinz, I'm Still Johnny, RJ Canuck, that other John Stewart, C- Catatonic, Crystal, I guess. Lurgan, not Sadir. Vilates, Brian, the FDH, your labness. D Strong, the Great, Akinny, Sunk, is it Sunkney? Sunkney, G. Sunkney. <laughs> um, Mac Nasty, Rusty Snowblower, Mass 1V Black, Crypto Aiken, Risky Pixel, Heels Angels, and that is all. Thank wow. you so much for those subs. You, you got really a lot of me, subs. Yeah, they're keeping me alive. They're keeping me it. streaming and uh, showing the love through multiple platforms. So I got to <laughs> thank you so much. Quick shout out to uh, Zach McKeever in the booth, holding it down. Super producer Dan Goodman. But all good things must come to end. And that includes this podcast. So stay nerdy. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.